0: Good evening, everyone. My friends, our second reading from St. Paul, one of the easiest ways to understand what he's saying is that, uh, and it kind of says it right in it, he said uh, God does not take back his receive it. It's our response to it that should always change. Friends, this. Um, I want you to remember that the Pharisees of Jesus' time observed the Mosaic law meticulously. Uh, as a matter of fact, they were almost... Uh, OCD about it. Um, we, we would say that. Um, it would be funny to hear Jesus say that too. But he would say that in a different, in, in the very Jewish way. But um, in it, when it came to the laws of purity, which there was chapters on it, um, cleansing of utensils and one of their hands and of their body. Um, why am I bringing this up? Remember I told you before when, you, uh, when it comes to our lectionary, which we hear from, which is the Bible, you, sometimes you need to read the chapter before or the paragraph before and the paragraph after to get a better understanding of what the gospel is getting at. And uh, what happens immediately before today's account that we read is the Pharisees observe Jesus' disciples eating without washing their hands. And that is a violation of the Mosaic Purity Laws. Remember what the word Pharisee means. Pharisee means to be separated. They are separated from the others. The Pharisees would keep their distance from any Jew who failed to observe the Mosaic Law and even greater distance from those wretched Gentiles who neither knew God nor the law. The encounter between the Pharisees and Jesus over this minor, in my words... Purification right sets the context for what is happening now in this reading for this evening with the Canaanite woman. She is considered to be a Gentile, and she is an outlaw to the Jews. Oddly enough, she is the one considered to be separated from them. See the play that's happening. Pharisees are the ones separated because they're so good, and uh, because that's how they understood themselves. And here we have the Canaanite woman who is a pagan and a Gentile. She is considered to be an outcast by the Jews. Today's gospel account can be a bit confusing and sometimes even disturbing, particularly in its language and its tone. Both of these seem uncharacteristic of the Jesus that we often read about. Uh, Jesus, who has just been criticized for not following tradition Because when you read, he tells them, why is it that your disciples do not follow tradition and they eat with dirty hands? I'm looking at where the children are at. The children will be here tomorrow, so I'll be able to have some fun with them tomorrow. Here, what's happening. Now Jesus, it seems that he is strictly adhering to the tradition and refuses to speak to the Gentile woman. He doesn't. He doesn't, he, answer, he doesn't give her an answer. As a matter of fact, he stays away from her. Jews were not supposed to speak to non-Jews. Rabbis would not talk to a woman in public. Not even their own wives. <laughs> Can you, I had to go look that up and make sure that was right. Not even their own wives. The Canaanite woman, uh, woo, she belongs to a tribe that is hostile to Jews. She doesn't know this rabbi. No one seems to know her, really. Uh, And uh, so you can see what's stacking up against her. However, the Canaanite woman is persistent. She is undeterred by Jesus' silence. She pleads with him to help her. Jesus' reply uh, is even more unusual, using language that uh, we would find offensive today. And yet... I would question, do people find such language offensive? Because I see an awful lot of it on TV. I see an awful lot of it in the politics. But um, so we see Jesus use something that seems to be offensive. Um, But uh, in fact, it was commonplace among the Jews, especially the rabbis of Jesus' time. Recall, Jews thought of themselves as God's children, God's chosen ones, because they believed in the one true God and followed his laws. They also believed that non-Jews were less than human, meaning uh, no better than animals, uh, because they did not believe in the one true God. Hence, their use of this term, dog, towards them. Jesus' reply, however, is exactly what the woman expected to hear from a Jew. She expected it. Yeah, that's how they talk. Amazingly, the woman turns the slur, as we would understand it, to her advantage. And this is so amazing. She maybe was not happy that people would speak to her this way. Sure, she is a human person. But that is how the Jews talk to us and that is how we speak to them. We have names for them, too. But she takes it and turns and says, "Uh, I'm going to pair, even dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. She takes power over her words and over the slur that is commonplace in her neighborhood. Jesus responds, woman, great is your faith and grants her request. Ironically, it is within the Gentile world that Jesus encounters people of deep faith. Matthew shows this by the Canaanite woman's address to Jesus, referring to him as Lord and Son of David, You guys, these should automatically be flags to you. Lord and Son of David, those are messianic terms that the Jewish people should have been using with Jesus but refused to do it or were too ignorant. Careful reflection on this gospel account. One can see the contrast between the Pharisees' lack of faith their lack of recognition of Jesus, and the acknowledgement of the pagan woman. Her use of this tells us something. She recognizes something about this rabbi. There's also a contrast between the woman and the apostles. Although rebuffed at first, the woman approaches again, And we're told she pays Jesus homage. She falls before his feet, a sign of worship. Before any miracle happens, she falls before him. Whereas the apostles earlier pay homage to Jesus only after they witness something. Do you remember what happens on the lake? Jesus is walking in a lake, remember we had that two couple weeks ago, and they're scared, and Jesus tells them, don't be afraid. He gets in, and we're told, then they pay him homage and give God glory. And then finally, there is a contrast of the Canaanite woman to Peter himself. She, though a pagan, is called a woman of great faith. In that very scene on the lake, what is Jesus said to Peter, O oh, you of little faith. Finally, Jesus, who came, as we're told, only for the sheep of Israel, in other words, Jesus' mission is to the Jews, and he really had kept his efforts on them as he moved from town to town, but it appears that in this town he is moved by the woman's deep faith. And he uses what we would know as his miraculous power on behalf of an outsider and accepts the profound reverence of this foreigner. Jesus' actions exampled God's desire. Remember, Jesus said, If you see me, you see the Father. Jesus' action examples God's desire for the salvation of all peoples and his care for all of his creation. And my friends, Matthew is a Jew, so this is strange to him, the notion of the universality of God's saving plan for all peoples. And yet, our first reading is baffling because it's the great prophet Isaiah. With Isaiah, this notion of God's universality does not escape the prophet, of which Matthew would have known about. The prophet would explain the Babylonian captivity as part of God's plan. We heard about it, to bring salvation to everyone. He explained that God will use them as his instruments to bring other peoples to the knowledge and love of the one true God. The reading we heard today is Isaiah's third, what we know as song, they call it. The first two, he begins to build up this whole notion. Today's first reading has nuances of this universality of God's plan. We're talking about ancient scripture now unlike the prophet ezekiel great also but ezekiel he opposed the very presence of foreigners in the temple i don't know i don't know i really do scratch my head i don't know i don't understand isaiah however would ultimately welcome all folks of goodwill as i put it to the temple Isaiah would exhort the Jewish exiles of his time to rebuild the community in the face of many hardships, in part by welcoming all who come with sincere faith, as we're told in that reading. Anyone who will come and worship God, he will accept their sacrifice. He assures them in God's name, that the sacrifices of anyone properly disposed will be acceptable to the one true God, and that God's house will ultimately be according to God's desire in all things. Amen.